Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. First thing I want to do is just give a little testimony of what the last two days. I'm going to start crying before you even get going. What the last two days have been like. Started off, Paul and I went to work on Christmas Eve to try and get the, the work done at um, Idaho Families and the Pregnancy Center so that they can get moved into that. And we get over there and Paul goes, hey, look at this. Christine had left us little bags with a book in it and a couple ornaments. Can't remember, do you remember what the title of the book was? It was searching for God or pure, something for, I can't remember, but it was, I'm like, wow. So we worked all day, and uh, probably about three weeks ago, it was a couple weeks ago anyway, Mike had asked me if it was okay with me if she went over and spent the night at the women's house at Sweet Magnolia, so that Hope, the lady that's the manager could go spend the day with her kids. I said, yeah, that sounds awesome. So then we're getting, trying to get done with the, the building. Paul stayed there. I left a little early. Paul stayed a little bit longer, and then I went because I knew I had to come back to uh, stain the doors on the... And I felt bad because I was going to do it on Christmas Eve, and I thought, no, Micah's going to be over there. We'll be good. I can go over and do that. So I just went in and turned worship music on and stained doors till midnight. So that I could get them all done. I did. I had, I had some good cookies over there that Lois had given me. But in the whole time, I'm, I'm just thinking, even though I'm getting paid for this, this is a work of love. This is a building that's going to do so much. And Christine has had such a... If you want to say a prayer for her, please do. Christine DeNova, because she's been trying... She not only runs those two things, but she's been trying to be the project manager, trying to get all this done, too. And she's going nuts, trying to get everything organized and put together and done, getting all the electricians in there and the carpet in there. I mean, the carpet was supposed to be here. At, well, they were supposed to, it was donated, then there wasn't enough, and then they couldn't find any. And then they did find some that was gray, not to match, but it was going to be okay. It was supposed to be here at 2 o'clock on Thursday. It was still in Spokane, and she called, and they said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it should be there. So they, they took off with it. It ended up in Thompson Falls. They didn't drop it off at standpoint. <laughs> so we go in there on Christmas Eve, and it's sitting in the office. So it hasn't been put in yet, so hopefully Monday we'll be able to. We told her that we would be done Monday with our stuff so that they could come in. And, I mean, they were trying to come in and clean and move stuff, and we're not even done yet. And it's like, you know, this. so anyway, that should all come be done and we can take care of that so she's a she's an amazing woman so Micah goes over there to do that well she doesn't just go over there to just stay there so that hope can leave she goes over there to bless the ladies she takes all of her nails and her pedicure stuff there's seven ladies in there right now she gives she and her friend Catherine Punk they give them all pedicures and manicures and then she takes stuff 
to make a stocking for each one of them to have the next morning when they get up. And she has these ladies that are feeling bad because they're there come up and tell her that this is probably one of the best Christmases they've ever had. It's like, wow. If that's not being the light, I don't know what is. So then she stayed a little late. Hope came back a little early so that she could leave. And she messaged me. She goes, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm tired. I'm still in bed. What do you? She goes, well, Hope came back a little bit early, so I want to give her a pedicure and manicure before I come home. I said, okay, go ahead. So then when she did get home, we just had a relaxed day together. She'd made cinnamon rolls. She brought some home, and then I cooked a prime rib roast and some mashed potatoes and a salad, and we just relaxed, and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a, it was a small roast. I couldn't, I couldn't afford the big one, so. Um, when Chris and I talked on Thursday, by the way, Chris is starting to sound a lot more like Chris. He's coming back. He's doing good. He's sounding good. He's looking good. They're just, their energy level just isn't there. He wanted to be here today just to show you all that he's healing, but they just are, just aren't at that point yet. So I talked to him on Thursday, and we were talking about what to do today, and he asked me if I could do a little message about a 15-minute message, so we'd go through what we did, which turned out amazing, or something we put together really quick. Thank you, Tim. And then uh, I was, what I should talk about, and I, I was thinking about it, and wait, before I, before I do this, I have to do something. My wife has been critiquing me on my speaking, which is good. She tells me that I preach to the right side all the time, so if you want anything, move over here. <laughs> She says that I pace a lot, and I said, well, that's just what I do, babe. And she says, you need to do something with your hands. I said, well, I don't think it looks good when I just have them in my pocket all the time. So if my hands are going like this, moving, that's just what you got to deal with. I love the feedback, though. You can tell me whatever you want. I don't know if I'll take it, but anyway. All right. Uh, what to speak on, the thing that immediately came to me. <laughs> Thanks. I haven't had to put it down for a while. I've been pulling it back in a ponytail, but, I, you know, it's okay. Um, what to speak about, the first thing that came to me was gift. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, Jesus is the ultimate gift. So I'm thinking, yes, he is. So I, I said, I'll just Google that and see what comes up. Wow. He didn't just tell me that. He told a lot of people that. <laughs> There's books by that title. There's lots of sermons by that title. There's a lot out there. This one I'm going to read from, partially, is one that it was Kenneth Copeland's ministry, and it's, uh, it says, The Gift That Lasts Forever. Six Ways Jesus is the Ultimate Gift to Mankind. And it talks about, the first part talks about, this is the time of season when gifts, I mean, everybody thinks about giving gifts. Gifts, you know, books, all kinds of stuff, clothes and everything, but... None of that lasts. By the next year, the clothes are wore out, unless you've bought a lot, or you only wear them on Sunday. Um, books you've bred and set aside, any kind of food you've eaten, 
things are gone. But he's forever. Jesus is forever. You know what? Things get, you know, her toys, you get your kids, they play with them for a while, and then they're put away. They're gone. But if you can introduce them to him, he'll be there with them for their whole life. The first one, it's got six, the six ways. The first one is Jesus is our righteousness. It says, yes, Adam's one sin brings con- condemnation for everyone, but Christ... One act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Romans 5.18. In the garden, we lost our relationship with God because we were covered in the filth of sin. And the penalty to remove the filth was more than we could afford. When Jesus stepped in to pay the penalty for us, new life and relationship with God became available to us who believe. When God looks at his children, he sees Jesus' righteousness, which can never be damaged or deleted. When he looks at us, he doesn't see the stupid things we've done in our life. If he did, I wouldn't be standing here. He sees him. He sees the reflection of himself in us. No matter what we've done or where we've been, He sees him. Two, Jesus is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Psalms 23, 1 through 3. A shepherd faithfully tends to the needs of his wayward and belligerent flock. Day after day, he guides them to food and water, protects them from danger, and keeps them healthy. They can do nothing for themselves, but he willingly does everything for them. This is what Christ does for us every day, tending his flock with kindness and tenderness. I don't know how many of you have been around sheep, and I hate to say this, but they are about the dumbest animals I've ever seen. They are, I'm sorry, God, I know you created them all, but when they go into a fence, you know, woven wire fence, and they stick their head in, they will never back up. They will keep pushing, thinking they can get through that hole eventually, until you go push their head back through it and send them the other direction. And with some of us, that's what God's had to do, too. We keep trying to fit through that hole And he's got to keep pushing our head back saying, hey, this isn't the way you're supposed to go. Turn around and let me lead you where you need to go. I am the God. I am what? I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me, I know him with the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. John 10, 14 through 15. Three, Jesus is our healer. The Lord is our healer, healing both physical and spiritual maladies. Let all that I am praise for the Lord. 
May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Psalm 103, 2 through 3. He does. If you'll go to him and ask him. Choices are really big in this world. And we always have to make them. But if we choose to turn to him, things aren't going to be perfect. But he'll take you through anything that you're going through. He'll lead you and guide you all the way through it if you just let him do it. Remembering to go on his strength, his peace, his patience, not your own. And don't ask for a bunch of patience because he'll give you something that will make you have to be patient. When you pray for patience, he's going to put you through something that makes you have to use that patience. Which is a good thing. You'll learn it. No better way than to learn it by going through it. No illness, injury, or emotional wound is too deep or too complex for him to bring wellness to the affected area. While the answers to these needs may be different from the ones we imagined, we try never, ever, or never err as he works his healing ways in our lives. So in other words, what it's saying is, it's never going to look like the way you think it's going to. This never has in my, well, some of the stupid things I did ended up the way I thought they would, but, but never the, the ones for the healing and leading him guide me. Number four, Jesus is our overcomer. When you picture an overcomer, what comes to mind? An overcomer is one who is the catalyst for victory, with whom, without whom a win would be impossible. That person tips the scales in the favor of victory. Jesus is our overcomer, who secured our salvation and victory, and has tipped the scales in our favor. I don't know if you know much about a catalyst, but a catalyst is something that can go into a, a, a thing and completely change the whole thing, but the catalyst never changes. It stays the same. It never changes. See, I'm preaching to the left now. Got that? The catalyst never changes. It changes the reactions and everything that are around it, but the catalyst stays the same. He is our catalyst. He can change everything around us and everything that's happening, but he will never change. He's always the same. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Five. Jesus is our peace. In our culture, peace is often defined as the absence of strife and chaos. But as Christians, we enjoy a deeper meaning of peace. Peace is not just the absence of chaos, but the presence of someone, namely Jesus. He comes to us in the midst of any circumstances and creates peace right where he stands. Wow. I hear you. 
In other words, he's not going to take away all the strife and the trouble that you're in, but he's going to give you peace on the way through it. He's going to be right there beside you, holding your hand, carrying you, whatever he has to do to give you the peace to make it through what's happening. In the midst of the strife, in the midst of the daily living, in the midst of the noise, in the midst of the terror and the war, he will be our peace. Micah 5.5. Five. Six. Jesus is our hope. If you don't have hope, you don't have anything. If you don't have hope, you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And there's been times that Mike and I both have struggled with that over our lives. And I can tell you, being with somebody and being able to help them have hope again is amazing. We both do that for each other. Because we love him and we love each other. Our hope is in him, but we can put that hope through us into the other person. Jesus is our hope in the fiercest of storms, and his hope lights up our life like a beacon on the shore. His hope is the only anchor worth hanging on to in a world that constantly shakes and changes. Yes, we are called to endure such shaking and changing, but such calamities don't define us. They are not the end of our story. Our hope in Christ can't be shaken, outdated, or deleted. I'd said once before when I, when I did a, was speaking about the anchor, and you anchor in him, and it brought me back to a time when I was up in Alaska, and I was telling you about how you anchor and it holds the ship, but as the, as the tide goes in and out, that ship can go wherever, whatever length of anchor you have, you know, chain you have out, it moves back and forth. And I really believe that we, we anchor ourselves, but then we tend to leave too much chain in between. And we swing back and forth as the tide comes in and out. And we need to be able to shorten that chain as we mature and come up and stand right on the rock rather than just being anchored to the rock. So that we're standing right on him, our foundation, the whole time, rather than swinging back. I mean, there's always something that's going to hit us. We have to remember to climb back on that rock. After it hits us and knocks us off, we need to get right back on it and be right there because he's waiting for us with open arms to come back on there. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Hebrews 6.19 So to bring this around here, close this up here. One, he's our righteousness. Two, he's our shepherd. Three, he's our healer. Four, he's our overcomer. Five, he's our peace. Six, he's our hope. And that's just a little bit of what he is. A really short list of what he is and what he can do.
I just ask you that as you go out to shine your light, shine what he's given you. Be a conduit to people who haven't seen him or don't see him that way. And I come back to Micah doing that for the ladies. If that isn't showing Jesus, I don't know what is. Giving up your time. Granted, we didn't have the kids, so she knew it would be easier for her to go over there. We'll get the kid, her kids, the, the three kids back tonight. But She'd ask a while back, thinking that that's something that would be a blessing to those women. And it was. Completely. And it really wasn't that much time or that much effort. But it was putting out what he's given to us and blessing others. Can everybody stand? You know, I'm big on activations, but we'll, we'll keep this one simple. I just have you close your eyes and put your hands out like you're ready to receive. Father, I just pray that you put Jesus right in everybody's hand and into their heart right now. I just pray that you fill them to overflowing with your peace, your power, your overcoming, your righteousness, and everything else about you, Father. That you just completely fill them to overflowing so that as they leave here, they have no choice but to overflow on everybody else. That they are so full of you, that they can just spread it without even thinking about it. That your presence leads them and guides them, and your presence is around them so much that everybody can feel your presence as they enter the room. Your presence shows up everywhere that we walk because we are overflowing with you. Your presence, your love, even if it's just a smile in the grocery store, even if it's just a hello as you're going by somebody. Even if it's just stopping to help an old lady put something in her car. Whatever it is, holding the door for somebody. Even if it's walking in front of the automatic door to open it for somebody. I'm just saying, be with us, Father. Your presence carried in us that it overflows. I thank you for this, Father, and I thank you for blessing this entire body and this entire region and this entire earth with everything that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. That was probably short. Hopefully it was kind of sweet. Everybody have a blessed day. Go play in the white stuff outside. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.